hello and welcome to the first Persephone program of 2020. So this call, I'm going to call it 2020 part one. And I have just returned back from my trip to South America, where if you do follow me, you may have seen or read that my mother passed away during the time that I was gone which was extremely difficult, but um, I want to share with you some of my own musings and some of the astrology around the time that she passed, because it's pretty amazing, and, um, and just sort of talk a little bit about the astrology of fate. Fate meaning the things that seem to happen to us that we have no control over. The things that happen to us that seem to be an impactful part of our life and that we don't seem to be able to change, you know, or move. Um, And definitely the events of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction and... Um, how they tied into my chart and my mom's chart, you know, are, are those things. So I may have mentioned in my earlier podcasts that as I have observed the astrology of my own life, I have found that the outer planet transits, especially to the angles of my chart, that all transits to the angles of charts Uh, and, and especially the movement of the transiting nodes, which are, you know, essentially the eclipses, um, those seem to have kind of like the biggest impact from an external standpoint of major faded, quote unquote, faded or impactful, um, you know, outside events, you know, and the, you know, people seem to care a lot about those things because those are the things that pull us out of our own heads, out of the imaginary realm that we live in, out of the our sleepwalk, our trance states, and, you know, and make us sort of have to come alive or to go through a passage or something that wakes us up, essentially. And... Um, And so, you know, this definitely happened recently um, to, you know, inform myself and other people too. And um, I want to talk a little bit about it. Talk about the astrology of fate. Now, there is an amazing book called The Astrology of Fate by Jungian analyst and um, astrologer Liz Green. And I highly recommend it. It's quite dense, um, filled with symbolic, archetypal, um, you know, mythological stories about fate, um, philosophical musings, and the intersection between myth, um, mythic stories, um, archetypal energies, and astrology. So I do recommend that. And this isn't, I mean, my commentary is not on that book at all, but kind of just on how I see fate happening in, you know, in my own life and others. Um, I 
also wanted to share a little bit about, you know, the journey of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in my life. And so the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in combination with the eclipses uh, really, for me personally, um, and my mother and my brothers, was very impactful. Uh, if you haven't read my um, my post on social media about setting the stage for my mom's passing, um, it really, I would say it probably started, you know, definitively in October around Libra season, um, the end of September, beginning of October, when my mom found out that she had cancer. Um, but the entire last sort of 90 days of my mom's cancer was not about the fact that she had stage four cancer. It was all about just her just getting on what she called the medical treadmill and just, you know, hope and just like, you know, doing, you know, taking her medicine, so to speak, getting her chemotherapy, you know, getting through the results of that chemotherapy. And she, there was never any, ever any talk with her about like, okay, this is the end of my passage. Um, she felt very, very strongly that because she and I had done varying visioning, various envisioning practices and meditations that you know, what she had got from it was that this would not be a fatal passage. And she did truly believe that, I think, or at least consciously wanted to believe that it wouldn't be fatal, at least for now, you know. Um, we did know, of course, that the Saturn-Pluto conjunction was exactly on her IC, the fourth house cusp at the bottom of her chart. But, um, you know, she didn't focus on that. So anyway, moving into the setting the stage for my mom's passing was the new moon solar eclipse of essentially Christmas and Christmas and the day after. And, um, I have to tell you that this was probably one of the worst energetically, like Christmas days or time periods that I have experienced in a long time. I woke up completely depressed and unhappy. Um, I felt just super down um, about varying things um, and just had to pull myself together. I mean, I do not often, you know, just experience free-floating depression. I usually have definitive reasons for my depression. Um, but that morning it was just really, I was extremely unhappy with everything. And, um, my mother was in Santa Cruz with my aunt and I was actually at home in Las Vegas, but I had plans to see her, uh, within about 24 hours. I got there early on the 27th and spend a four or five days with her for the holidays. But um, she had, a, a, I think, a decent Christmas. My aunt took her to Santa Cruz. They spent it at a beautiful hotel looking at the ocean. All was well. The next day, she had a doctor's appointment. And um, that was the day of the new moon solar eclipse. That new moon solar eclipse did fall in my mother's third house. Um, that uh, did fall in 
that new moon solar eclipse did fall right on my ascendant and conjuncted my sun. So um, that was impactful for both of us. And that day my mom heard from her doctor that even though the chemotherapy was working just well, fine, it they didn't really have any news on whether or not it had actually affected the large tumor in her pancreas, but that it had worked on and effectively eradicated several of the tumors in her lungs. Now my aunt was with her and she said that my mother was visibly shaken by the sort of reality, the sobering Capricornian reality of her illness, probably for the first time. And when she returned home from her doctor's appointment, she was visibly shaken and said she didn't feel well after being in Santa Cruz and actually going out to dinner the night before and feeling fine. And she went to bed. So she went to bed that night, said she didn't feel well, and um, and laid down. Um, she also, when she got home, started shivering. Now, they had just gotten into the house, and she said it was cold, but she just didn't really shop, stop shivering. And when my aunt shared that with me, we thought, oh, well, she's in shock. And, um, you know, there's there's something going on there. Now... My mom has a sun in Virgo conjunct her north node at zero degrees and two degrees Virgo. And so that Capricorn sun, um, new moon solar eclipse, actually pretty much exactly trined um, her, and that also included Jupiter, trined or hat was in a direct um, aspect to her sun north node. So there's kind of like, anytime you ever see the north node, we're talking about a kind of fatedness, a kind of dharma, a kind of like, okay, this is where you're going. So remember in astrology, in a very simple way, the south node is where you have been or what you are releasing. And the north node is where you are going or what you are bringing into your life, what you need to bring into your life to complete some form of, of, of um, you know, what you would call fated dharma or you know where where you're supposed to go so saturn and pluto conjuncts her ic exactly and um you know right now you know saturn and pluto together are definitively the terminator planets they are ending you know pluto is in a very long-term relationship with bringing up and releasing almost kind of like that earthquake or volcano action um things that need to come up and out and you know, and Saturn has always been, you know, connected with Kronos, with, with the Grim Reaper, the Scythe Bringer. Together, the, you know, they really are sort of implacable forces. Now, you see Saturn-Pluto conjunct also where people are able to achieve against all odds things that seem insurmountable. So Saturn and Pluto would never be considered to be death you know, definitively, but they are very intense, powerful energies. For my mom, we had this, you know, new moon training her natal sun north node. We had Saturn and Pluto at the bottom of her chart. And then we had Uranus, um, exactly trying her sun north node, um, bringing in something shocking and sudden, 
um, connecting with her sun north node. Uh, her transiting Neptune, okay, Neptune, outer planet, very powerful, dissolving energy, bringing you back to source. Neptune is very spiritual. Neptune is very powerful. It's bringing you back into the primordial sea. That Neptune exactly opposed her natal Mars, her vitality, her power. Okay. And it also trained her Jupiter too, expanding her. Okay. When something as powerful as an outer planet is an exact Ptolemaic or major aspect with Mars, something is going to happen with your vitality, with your power. So Neptune, along with Saturn and Pluto, um, you know, those are the gods of change. You know, they're very, very powerful outer planet major transits on her chart, um, impacting her health and her physical, physical vitality. Um, we also had transiting North node, which happened to be in cancer. And at the time of her passing, it was within an eight degree conjunction with her natal Jupiter. Her Jupiter was in cancer. And then we also had natal Jupiter, we had, um, transiting Jupiter in opposition to her natal Jupiter, you know, um, so we have an, a major Jupiter aspect and you see that a lot in, in people's passing that Jupiter seems to be present, um, on their chart, really opening them up, which is really interesting because I think I've said before, like, oh, you've got a major Jupiter transit, you know, um, if other forces in your chart are in accordance, you could be moving on to the next level of being. You could be expanding yourself, going from the bounded universe, which is our dimension, to the unbounded universe, which is the other dimension. So that's, those, are, those are very comforting aspects to have, I think, um, that tell me that you know, all these people that have NDEs, which I've never had before, and kind of, to be honest with you, are somewhat envious of people that have had that. Um, they all within, you know, to a fault, have a very strong message of expansion and joy and optimism and happiness with the supposed death of the body. And astrologically, you can see that with these, with this Jupiter transits. Um, and they're different for, for different charts, but there's, but he's still really strongly usually present, at least in the ones that I've seen. Um, so in all important events in life, um, you know, I, I see often Jupiter transits and the transiting nodes moving on the angles of the chart, um, or the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto moving on the angles of the chart. That is the ascendant, descendant, the ICMC. One, four, seven, and 10. Those are the angles of the chart, that cross that is in the middle. Um, for my mom, she also had Chiron um, through ex uh, conjunct exactly series in the sixth house. Okay, definite health crisis. And for my mom, being that Virgo, uh, very strong Virgo and person with sun and mercury and mars um all in virgo she had the virgo's achilles heel 
of um, she had several cancers in, in her intestinal and digestive system. So the first being she had colon cancer 10 years ago and then finally pancreatic. And, um, you know, so in astrology and in medical astrology, the different signs have rule certain areas of the body. And so those areas of the body are where one does find often a natal or native weakness and Achilles heel, so to speak. And there are varying things that you need to look at in the chart. So don't think that it is as simple as, you know, oh, Virgo, you know, you're going to have issues with your digestive system, but often it is that simple too. But you definitely want to speak to a medical astrologer. So um, we set the stage for this really super intense thing that happened to her. And in between, I don't want to get into all of it, you can read my posts, but in between the new moon solar eclipse and the full moon um, lunar eclipse in Cancer, which um, the full moon lunar eclipse at 20 degrees Cancer also exactly conjuncted her um, MCIC and the... Um, you know, the sun was conjunct, the, the, the sun was with Saturn and Pluto at the bottom of her chart on her IC, the, the moon was on the top, and that lunar eclipse also conjuncted my moon. Uh, and a very, very, very simplistic way of looking at eclipses is that lunar eclipses often have to do with the feminine, with the mother, and if a lunar eclipse conjuncts your moon, it has something to do with the feminine because it's an eclipse. Something is being eclipsed out of your life, a person, an event, a thing. Um, and that includes also with the solar eclipse too. So I had this moon in Cancer, you know, which I have, um, solar eclipse, which opposed my natal Venus. And I've got a natal moon Venus opposition. Venus being how we get our needs met and how we relate, the moon being our own inner and lunar needs. And when they're in opposition, there's a sometimes a difficult uh, relationship between getting your needs met, with getting your needs met. And um, that was definitely something that happened with my relationship with my mom. Even though my mother and I were and are still very close even though she's passed on to the next world um, and we had this incredible relationship it was difficult because we each had to navigate a very different response style and different needs and because I had this really strong moon in cancer um, I wanted my I wanted my mommy and my mom was this you know moon and Aquarius, rebel queen, kind of very Uranian person. And she wanted her freedom. And so there was always a lot of um, space that needed to be between us because, you know, she always wanted, you know, she told me that probably if she'd been born at a different time, she may not have had children. You know, she didn't want it to make, make it seem like it was um, but she didn't want us because my brothers and I all to a fault loved and adored her and felt very loved by her. But we also knew that being a mommy wasn't really what 
suited her temperament best, maybe, and her desires. Um, but uh, that wasn't hurtful, really, but it was just the truth. So for me, with a Venus-Moon opposition, I always felt really maybe that I wasn't able to get my emotional needs met, especially by my mom, especially when I was young. And it makes a lot of sense, too, because um, my brother, I have two brothers. The middle brother was, God, what is he? Um... 13 months younger than me. I mean, he's really close in age. So that meant that, you know, I was just really, you know, just a few months old when my mom got pregnant. And I know that she didn't breastfeed me very long at all. She didn't do that. So I can only imagine, um, you know, just how I wanted probably to be close to her and what was not able to be. And I felt that way my whole life, you know, always wanting to be physically and emotionally close to her and being, you know, maybe not pushed away, but being held at a distance. My mother used to like lock her door all the time just to get some space from these three crazy kids that were like always, my brothers and I were like, you know, that have you ever seen that cartoon, the Tas of the Tasmanian devil, like running in like a ball. Like I felt like my brothers and I, our energy was so strong. Um, we had so much energy and we were all very close in age and we were fighting all the time and playing all the time and just being super intense. Um, you know, really strong personalities, Capricorn, Aries, and Leo, very strong and very much butting heads. And each of one of us, you know, a ruler in their own right, and my mom just kind of just being like, whoa, you know, and trying to get space from us. But anyway, the lunar eclipse activating my Venus moon opposition and my moon is also conjunct Orcus, um, the Plutonian, Pluto, Plutoid, I think it's called. Um, there's a real feeling of loneliness associated I think with my moon that started with my relationship with my mom and I know I'm not young but I do kind of feel young and to lose her right now is really you know it's hard it's like I'm, am I ready you know am I ready you know the queen is dead long live the queen am I ready to take over you know I don't know I've had such a strong mother, you know, that was such a strong intellectual and, you know, voice in my head. And although, you know, I may have mentioned that she wasn't like super maternal, she was always there with advice and guidance. And it was very sort of like abstract and pragmatic and spiritual and intellectual and tolerant and wise. I think I may have mentioned in an earlier podcast that I learned astrology not because my mother taught it to me, but because my mother practiced astrology and I was around it. And if I was interested, she gave me a book. So that's pretty much what I got for my birthday for years and years and years and years. You know, subscriptions to the Mountain Astrologer, a Llewellyn calendar, and an astrology book. You know, one every year. 
And so it took me a long time to learn astrology. But uh, there was that. And then a discussion. We would discuss it. So kind of like, you know, uh, lecture teaching. You know, she'd be like, well, what do you think about the book? And then let's have a discussion about it. And we'd talk about the concepts. And she would talk about it in very practical, being an earth sign woman, practical and pragmatic terms, you know. Um, and she'd pass on ideas and we would discuss them. And um, that was just such a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, it is still like right now, incredibly shocking to me that I don't have her to text or call um, because she probably was my best friend and the closest person that I ever had in my life to me, even though she was far away and you know, physically, we haven't lived close to each other in a very long time, but we always stayed in touch and our minds were together. You know, our hearts and our minds and our souls were together. And um, I told her that I thought that my most connected feeling of having a past life with my mom was that we were sisters in some sort of like Jane Austen type, you know, 19 early 19th century late 18th century England you know in Dorset somewhere in our we had some you know intellectual widowed you know reverend minister father who didn't require us to get married and we were able to live a life of the mind you know that's kind of how I I see that I always felt that somehow that in a weird way that she was my sister and, um, and I remember that, you know, and maybe even, maybe even another lifetime as priestess sisters too. But, um, her, her passing and the absence of her, you know, is requiring me to be alone in a way that is very profound because my father has never really is incapable of being there emotionally for anyone. And so, you know, my, my parents have been separated and divorced essentially since 1973 when he left. And um, even though my dad is still alive, he lives in Mexico and I frankly don't know how much longer he is going to live, but he isn't anyone that anyone can count on. And so, you know, I remember my mom telling me when her dad passed that she felt like an orphan for the first time. And that was maybe 10 years ago. And I thought, oh, you know, and it just, you know, she was like, I'm just, you know, I'm just feeling it. And I was like, wow, you know, in a weird way, I've felt orphaned most of my life, even though I wasn't. <laughs> that sounds like a funny statement to make. But um, back to the astrology of fate. If you are interested, as I mentioned before, track the transiting nodes across the angles of your chart or figure out when major and impactful events happened in your life and do a transit chart, do your transits and do your progressions too for that time period and take a look and see 
whether the north and south nodes were transiting your angles. Take a look and see if you had the outer planets transiting and see what messages. Remember that the planets have archetypal energies that carry with them, you know, both tangible and esoteric messages in regards to the things that they have rulership over. Pluto being, you know, the death, you know, often abuse of power, um, really, you know, the story of you know, of the rape of Persephone, the descent into the underworld, all of that, you know, Neptune being a disillusion or a dissolving of physical vitality and a, a sense of expansion into a spiritual reality. Uranus, sudden shocking events that change everything in the blink of an eye or in a lightning strike. Many of these things point to the need for us to grow in regards to the themes that they represent. This is their modus operandi. Understanding that means that we can get to the bottom of the essential meaning of difficult events in our life. Um, outer planet transits can do things you know, as, as negative as destroy us, but they each have, or at least destroy some ego identity we have. I think that that's more in keeping with it. Neptune works against separateness. Uranus brings freedom from the known. Pluto brings cyclical rebirth. So, you know, and, and it, and a transition into something new, no matter how difficult. So the outer planet transits are essential in growing us and, um, you'll always find them present in, you know, in, in passages that we consider to be, you know, potentially faded. Um, I think I'm going to close with this, but I would love to hear from you um, about anything that I've brought up. And I'd love to hear from you about kind of what you'd like to hear from this podcast for 2020. Do you want to know more about astrology? Do you want to hear some stories? Um, what can I help you with? Uh, please write me at michelle.prentice at gmail.com. You can also comment uh, on the podcast itself. You can comment on my Instagram, which is at myprentice. Um, you know, there's varying ways to get in touch with me. My Facebook, Persephone Program Facebook, or my personal Facebook, Michelle Prentice, michelle-prentice. Um, but I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you want to hear about. Because yes, it's true. I am essentially talking to myself, but I also want to be able to share and share with you everything that I've learned and everything that I learned from my mom. That's the whole point of all this. So thanks for listening and looking forward to uh, a year of birth, the birth into a new paradigm change. Um, 
the birth of, of new kind of structure, because this is a four year numerologically, uh, I think we can build something. Um, get out and vote. Please, 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 please do not be passive. Do what you can. I know I am too. Have a beautiful year. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.